Welcome, 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 everybody. It is the daily news right here on Canadian Football Perspective. Start your season off right with products from our partners at Fox 40. Outfit your coaching staff with custom logoed Fox 40 whistles, gear, coaching boards, and more. Visit fox40shop.com. Use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Mike Daly was signing autographs. Tim Hortons Field. <laughs> How about that? Oh, it's weird, man. Going back as an <laughs> alumni. It was cool, though. It was cool. Like, the fans there are awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I wasn't sure I was going to feel about it going back, doing all that stuff. But it was fun. The fans were awesome. They were all saying, hey, I had a personal chauffeur of Andy Fantuz walking me around. Wow. So it's always, yeah, it's always a good time. But there's parts of that stadium. And, I mean, I played there for eight years and there's parts of that stadium that i hadn't seen yet there's <laughs> really? like a club in the back left i walked in there and there's a dj going on i'm like yeah. looking around andy's like yeah this is <laughs> this is here welcome <laughs> to the alumni whoa. life bro yeah i'm like whoa that's wild but going off of that what a wild game eh? and you oh. get to call that I'm yeah, like, those the, are like it, kind of your dream things right of course yeah that's that's what it's all about that's why i love what i do and, and um I love calling and being around the CFL for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one I think is that even if it's two winless teams, even if it's, uh, you know, you can have a game where there's not a great crowd turnout, or you can have a game where it's a, you know, a bad time slot or when the game always delivers. Like it's the thing I've always said about CFL is like at some point, every single weekend, you're going to have a moment that makes your jaw drop. And this weekend there was a whole bunch of them for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, but it's, yeah, the, the game always delivers. The football bounces in funny ways and crazy things happen. And I mean, the Kamar Jordan catching it in the end zone, punching it in the air and it gets intercepted. Battle of undefeated. You got Montreal collapsing and Edmonton coming back in their house with their third string quarterback taking 16 penalties for 193 yards. You got Duke Williams chucking a helmet at Toronto defensive backs in Wolfville in front of a packed house of like crazy Atlantic fans, which is super fun to see. You got our game that goes down to six inches away from maybe hitting the uprights and bouncing in after Hamilton decides not to go for two points at the end of the game, which could have cost them the whole damn thing and they'd still be winless. It's like, whoa, like coming out, <laughs> coming out of that weekend. I'm and like, that's just one week. <laughs> I'm like, how was that one weekend of football? Honestly, that was the thing that I can't, as I was driving home from the stadium, I was like, I feel like I need a cigarette and a drink to just like sit here at the end of the weekend and be like, whoa, I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> right. Also, I came out of the other end of this, but it was funny because so I got to do a little bit. I'm I'm encroaching on your turf now. I, know, oh, I love it. I started doing a little post game stuff with a few of the guys there. And actually, Andy had asked Coach O, why didn't you go for two? Yeah. And Coach O said, well, because I was like, yeah, well, you know, they could get the rouge. Maybe it's a little easier to get a rouge than a long field goal. Uh, but Andy, Andy was like, no, it doesn't make like you got to go for two because it doesn't matter. Like you got to make sure that if they kick that field goal, it ties, whatever. But coach, O was like, they have the best punter in the league. So when I'm looking at it, I don't want him to be able to bomb one into the end zone to get the single. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like there was some background knowledge with that, but is it, does it become easier if you punt it? Because I mean, you can sure you can travel a punt further, but the cover team's got to get there. And you're 17 yards back from the line of scrimmage when you're punting, so it's the, right. the question of like you're losing 10 yards to to where the punter is standing versus where the the field goal attempt is coming from. So yeah, if the ball was spotted in that same place and they had that situation, 
I don't think he gets it to the goal line. No, you wouldn't be able to. And even if you did, the coverage team's not going to get down there fast enough. And you're going to have three returners back spread out across the goal line so that no matter where the ball goes, you're going to catch it, get out to the 10 and take a nail down just like they did on the missed field goal, right? It was caught, ran out 10 yards, slide down, game's over. Um, Yeah, I agree. Well, you usually put, what we would do is we'll put four people back there. We'll take the punter and the kicker, put them back there and take the two return guys. Yeah. So you get two return guys that can run it out. Or if it goes in the back of the end zone, you can have a punter, kicker, catch it and boom it out of there. But yeah, I was thinking about that because I was like, it's got to travel a pretty far way. And I even think about what you're saying, either 15 yards back, you're right. Because then that, I think it doesn't make it to the goal line. Yeah, yeah, but. absolutely. And, and honestly, this is one of those things that I think coaches and to be fair to coach, o, like I, I <laughs> you know how much I respect his acumen and you have great respect for all of his football decision making abilities. But I honestly think that sometimes in the heat of the moment, when you've got 30 seconds to make a decision on something like that, you just go, uh, let's, you know, and I understand there's people in the booth and they're giving you the analytics or they're, t- but that was one of those where if he believed that in the moment, I think he probably goes home. And as he's assessing it with a couple hours distance from having to make the choice, he's like, yeah, I probably should have gone for two there. Like it's and, in, in a sober people moment don't of understand judgment. that. Right. Because right. what they do is they'll see it and then they'll think about it and then they'll think about it again. And then they'll think about it again, have the conversations like we did. And then go, yeah. ah, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I would have went for two or, Oh yeah. Maybe they, the Rouge would be easier to get. You don't have time. You have the play before. Or maybe the drive before we were like, okay, if we score, this is what we'll do. And and he and he does that. But to continue on, like, and I do have a ton of respect for Coach. I, I think he's the best coach I've had. But and it just goes to show because Kari Jones yeah. gets signed by Hamilton. And I'm telling you, man, like it's we talked about this to end of what kind of coach he is, but to just be able to add a guy like that, yeah, and be able to get him, you know, frankly, on the cheap because of what happened right and now he gets to come in and all that culture stuff we were talking about with va and everybody that's involved with montreal like that just automatically upgrades your team i don't care if he says a thing football him being in there seeing what he's going through and seeing his probably positive attitude i'd imagine day one and two three everyone's gonna be like man it is awesome to have a guy like I've this. already heard that he was on field uh, with the Ticats at practice today as we're recording this on Monday, and he spoke to Dane, and apparently the, the connection immediately was one of great respect, open communication, let's get this thing going. And I think yeah, some people, be, yeah. yeah, and some people were, I think, surprised by like the, you know, assistant football ops, blah, 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 blah. The t- I will say this, for all the things that, you know, we talk about with the Ticats, one of the things that makes me laugh about that organization, whoa, they can come up with a job title. Like, <laughs> like, like when it was Sean Burke and, and Drew Alamang and it's senior director of football operations and assistant general manager and direct connected Canadian director of scouting. And then Berkey's the, like every time we had to introduce them on radio, I would be Googling their job title. Cause I'm like, I think it changed again. And I think that it's like seven more words. And it's so like... today when I see Kahari get hired and I saw the length of the job title, I was like, you literally could have put underneath his name that dude. Like yeah, you could have been like Kahari Jones. Guy. Yeah, Kahari Jones is hired as football guy. He'll be in the building. He'll help with a little bit of everything. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like a, the assistant to football operations. Blah blah blah. Even what Ed Hervey has right now, like whatever job title they gave him, I'm like, just call him like an assistant GM or like just call like Alamang something shorter. Or I always laugh at that with the tight cast. So that, that one because I saw people today who were like, why didn't they name him like an offensive consultant? I'm like, he is. 
Right. Is. They, the, a, the, the title doesn't matter. Consultant. They're all going to sit in the same room and talk yeah. about everything they know <laughs> and why something works, why they like something. It doesn't matter about the title. Like I remember. So speaking of t- titles, when I was uh, talking with Michael Falds of Laurier, because I'm yep. going to be coaching there. Um, oh, like, breaking news. Uh, breaking news. Yeah. Coach on Laurier. <laughs> he, uh, he goes, listen, I know in this world, titles matter. He goes, so what title do you want? <laughs> like, I, I don't shit, know. Dude. So now what I'm thinking is tie cats, bring someone in and they're like, okay, there's keywords, right? There's keywords on these resumes. So there's senior director, director, there's uh, personnel, there's scouting, (laughs) there's coordinating. Let's just put them all together. And then that can be your title, all these keywords together. So that when somebody asks, Hey, what's your resume? You say, ah, done it all. I'm gonna, literally I'm, done it all. I'm gonna have to whip up a Photoshop of the Gahari Jones graphic and send it out from CFP with this uh, podcast and just be like, we talk about Gahari Jones in this episode and just be Gahari Jones, football guy. Uh, and, th- <laughs> and that'll be the label. Also, I want to play this. This is a throwback to when we used to do Martian Mellow on TSN 1150 in Hamilton. Jack Armstrong of the Raptors had a fantastic take that I clipped on the title consultant okay consultant you what, you know, oh I hang die, on a second i gotta turn on the volume on this jack armstrong on consultant tell you what you know when i die i definitely want to come back as a consultant because that's like one of the greatest scam jobs you come in and you say well you maybe can fix this fix that fix that and then at the end of the day you walk away and it's not your problem it's <laughs> <laughs> true man uh, yeah we had like a we were talking about somebody who had been fired in an nba organization and somebody came in as a consultant and he just like started spinning on it he's like yeah people come in as consultants all over the place and they just make their money and they say fix that not my problem okay bye see you later yeah. uh, well isn't that what wally buono was trying to get remember when he was like yeah the coaches are too young they don't have enough experience you should probably hire some of these older guys to come in and be a consultant to talk about and that's just like a training campaign give me a big fat check to come in for training camp and tell you and and wally wally also was appointed to edmonton to try and help with their coaching search by victor Kui, i believe and the football operations department kind of hooked that up and it was big news whoa bc lions lifer essentially like i know he's with calgary and otherwise but like i can't believe wally buono is helping out edmonton like a team in the west division and apparently he made suggestions i had heard of like three or four different people and then the organization was like we actually kind of paid a lot of money to Jason Moss and to Scott Milanovic and to Brock Sunderland <laughs> and to um, uh, Jamie Elizondo. So we just need somebody who can like be the head coach and the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach. And Chris Jones, uh, he fits that mold. So let's yeah. l- let's go Thanks with the guy. Who, and he'll also be the general manager and the senior director of player personnel consultant. Uh, That's We've wasted a lot of our money already and we can't spend any more money. We need somebody that does it all. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess Wally came in, got paid to be a consultant, made those suggestions as to who was going to be doing what job. And then they were like, we're actually going to go this way. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, I, I, I did the consultant thing. So I appreciate yeah. you guys and uh, all the best. Thanks for the paycheck, guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how it goes. So anyways, uh, let's get to today's guest, Mike Daly. Who have you wrangled here to appear on the Daily News? Yeah, I got Liram Harulahu. Yeah, I've practiced that mm-hmm. last name about 100 times. But no, a teammate with the Ticats right now. He was uh, just signed by Dallas Cowboys again, again, because Pretty he cool. did so well. Yeah, so his, you know, his story's crazy. So coming from Kosovo, you know, escaped a war-torn country to come over into Canada, learning English in high school, 
getting into football, you'll figure out the positions we talk about, the different positions he played, you know, soccer player, and then just kind of attaches to kicking and goes to Western, does really well, does some extra stuff within the community. But what I was excited about is right now he's finally landed this spot with Dallas. But before this, he was, you know, one of the best kickers in the CFL in the league. Did a bunch of things to prepare himself for the NFL and then just kind of grinded his way around the teams and different tryouts and, and traveling and, and going through all of that. And, you know, we talked a little bit and the reason I wanted to get on, get him on here is because he talks about, you know, his opportunities and, and really maximizing them. And when you compare the NFL to the CFL, right, he's making sure that his future's set up because you make an NFL team and you play one year. I mean, you're going to make almost your, your career earnings in the yeah. CFL in that one year. So he knows his times now, he knows, you know, if it's going to happen for him and his family, it's going to happen right now. So he is putting everything he can into it. So I figured I hadn't talked to him in a little bit other than a couple of texts. So I want to get him on here and, and see what he's doing, see how he's feeling and, it was a great, great conversation. Yeah, he's, he's a great get. He's a great guy to talk to, whether it's on or off microphone. And uh, and I'll say this as well. I don't know if he actually ended up reaching it, but I remember Corey Greenwood was sticking it out, trying to get to a certain number of games in the NFL because he was trying to get his NFL pension mm-hmm. because he had, spent a, he had spent a lot of time being a player in the NFL, had made his money, but the pension's a whole other story. Like the money keeps coming in if you play a certain number of games. And I believe when he was released from Kansas City, he was like 12 games shy of the pension or something like that. And I don't know if he ended up actually getting to that number. The number escapes me of what it even was or what the background, but I remember reading that at one point and I was like, man, I do not blame that guy for a second for scratching and clawing and trying to being like, I will clean the bathrooms if you will let me dress for 12 more games, because that's, yeah. that's such a difference maker. But uh, let's listen in here. Uh, as always, I like to throw to these interviews if I have it of a funny old call that I made. This is the Liram Hirolahu game-winning field goal against Edmonton uh, back in 2018. I believe I used the former name of the team here, so don't kill me. Uh, At the time, we didn't know they would be changing their team name. Uh, But here is Liram Hirolahu's game-winning field goal and right into his interview on the Daily News right here on Canadian Football Perspective. The short snappers, Aaron Crawford. The holders, Luke Tasker. The kickers, Liram Hirolahu. Snap is back. Hold is down. Kick is up. And Hirolahu through the uprights. Time expires. Ticats win. They take the season series on the Edmonton Eskimos. All right, Big L. I am excited. (laughs) I'm excited to have you on, man. Liram, what's going on? How you been? Good man, thank you for having us, uh, having me, guys. Uh, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, so I felt honored when you asked me to. What, be what was your favorite? Was it Dane? Was it Luke? Was it Jeremiah? What would you <laughs> no, like? It was, it was hey. Medlock for sure. They stick yeah. together, man. <laughs> hey, I, honestly, Luke is one of my favorite people, and like he's just like a, such a genuine guy. Um, and like obviously, I have the best experiences with him, uh, just because like our relationship on the field but uh as well as off the field too so it's uh you know he's one of my favorite guys 
Hey, do you keep up? Because like you and I keep up, you know, every mm-hmm. now and then we we shoot a couple messages back and forth. But yeah. do you keep up with a ton of the guys still that we played with? Uh, are you still keeping up? And you know, they're probably reaching out when you when you're signing with this team, signing with that team, kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, no, I I keep in in check with a lot of the guys that we played with, uh, guys that like I've helped coach as well from the kicker standpoint, and even like uh, I even reached out to Kote that one game. I think it was like sec- week two or three, and he. He like had a really good game and just missed like mm-hmm. a 17 yarder or whatever. And uh, I happened to watch that game. Uh, and uh, I just shot him a message being like, Hey man, cause I- I've been through those moments and being a young guy like he is now, it's like, I remember uh, one of the Winnipeg blue bombers greats. Uh, he had always said, it was like, if uh, like, if you play long enough in this league, you're going to have kicks like that. You're going to have moments like that. And uh and long behold, he hasn't missed a, a kick in uh, in like three or four weeks now. So like you know, he's playing really well. So it's uh, I try to keep in touch with some of the guys, and even with Dane last week or two weeks ago when he had that and Jeremiah's injuries. Like I keep in touch with the league and some of those guys that we played with, and it's just like just send him a quick note because I know they're always like even Jeremiah would always like send me a, a nice message whenever I'd sign somewhere. Uh, Dane, same thing. And we have some mutual friends too in the kicking world. So it's just like, you stay intact and support each other. And, uh, you know, that's all, uh, we try to do is it goes beyond the, the field with us. You know that. Yeah. Well, you guys too, especially as like a kicking group. Yeah. You guys are like this, like small, tight knit community. Like yeah. the best way I can put it is like, you know, a private community in the Hamptons yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like if you could all live together and gate yeah. up your area. You guys yeah. wouldn't. All you do is just talk about holders and how much they suck and how your cover <laughs> team screwed you guys and all that kind of stuff. But it extends the special teams coaches too. Like every game that I'm working in the CFL, Mike, you uh-huh. look down at the field and it's always the specials guys like rubbing shoulders and talking strategy. Hey, did you see that kick last week? I'm like, you guys are yeah. weird. You just want to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, 100%. 100%. It's like a little fraternity, they call it, you know? Yeah, but you yeah. guys keep pretty close eh? because I know – you know, the, the thing that I keep seeing pop up, especially with you and now what seems like almost all the kickers in the CFL is with Coach Kick, right? And yeah, are you still involved with that, even though you're kind of doing the, you know, the Dallas now, yeah. but when you were bouncing around? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Daryl uh, Wheeler, he played um, both with both you guys back in the day. Um, he runs it out of London and then Coach Kick and I do it out of uh, Hamilton. And honestly, with him, we try to... Like our biggest thing, our biggest thing was like he always wanted to do something for the kicking uh, um, like game. He's like so passionate and he always wanted like because you you go down the States like I've been there and I've gone through these things. And when I'm coming out of school, it's like you got go down to one of these kicking camps. You're paying 600 bucks U.S. to go kick 10 times and then you get ranked by a point system of how many kicks you made. And based on how many times you go, the more points you get and the more how you get ranked like a four star, five star, whatever. So you can understand where this goes. And it's like a huge, huge money. Like you got to have like a good uh, backing of like financial help. That's a uh, pyramid scheme. That's what that is. Yeah. (laughs) You know, well, and our whole thing has always been is like, um, like I started off as a project because Coach Kick like helped me so much throughout my development come out of like I met him like my last year of high school and so I just wanted to help him because he always had this idea of giving uh, like young kickers an outlet to kick instead of flying down the states 
and spending all this money, hotel, flight, food, like it adds, like for one weekend, you're spending two grand. And if you're not old enough to go on your own, you bring a parent with you, right? So that stuff adds up. So we always try to do something um, to help develop the kicking game. And I think it's like, I started off as a project. We had a camp at, at BMO in London, like 2012. And from there, it's kind of just built it to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to run the Hamilton to have the GTA guys come. So we'll go either at Redeemer or at Players Paradise. Um, and then Daryl will have it on, on Saturday nights in London. And so it gives okay. um, like all these kids in our community or in Ontario the opportunity. It's like, hey, if you're able to make it like throughout the week in Hamilton, then we're going to have these sessions Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then if the week uh, weekday doesn't work because your parents or whatnot, we also have London. It's a little bit further down, but it's a London at nighttime. So you can go down there. Mm-hmm. doesn't really like it's late at night, which makes it a little bit more affordable. So uh, like kids can come out and, you know, because renting those fields, you know, in, in the wintertime, like during peak hours, is like 300 bucks a quarter. You know what I mean? So wow. it can get really costly. So um, but yeah, he, he's still running it. He still has a few guys going there um, and just ha- like helping a lot of the college kids right now. And uh, our biggest thing has always been just giving these kids an outlet to like, y- it's okay to go. Like we never shot, like we have two guys right now going to Carney's uh, in California, which Carney played in the NFL for like 23 years. I've gone to him. I respect him. I like, uh, I know what he teaches. I've been there many times with him and he's one of the best guys that we recommend if you're going to go down the States just because of his, uh, IQ, uh, in the football game. And he's not going to, he actually doesn't charge you like an arm and a leg. You know what I mean? He's got is, great facility. Sorry. And it's crazy though, too, because that's kind of the football world for a lot of Canadian kids, at least playing up here. Right. Is like, if you want to get any exposure, you yeah. got to go. And this is even outside of kicking too. I remember when I was doing some recruiting for McMaster, yeah. like you're battling against these like prep schools and like D threes that are like, Hey, yeah. come down here. You can pay full tuition or like come to all these yeah. different camps, these scouting camps. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's the same thing everywhere. Yeah. And like, we even have one of our guys that he was one of the top linebackers committed to Western. And then all of a sudden came because of COVID. He's like, I don't come back for another year. And then he like, Throughout whole COVID, he spent like two, three days a week. Like he, him and Mark Milan, which went to McMaster, like they've been a glue to me. So I'll I'll kick three times a week, and they'll come with me, and we'll be out there for hours. And this guy I'm talking about, his name's Anthony Veneri, and uh, he's actually uh, got a really good shot to play at University of Buffalo. So instead of, you know, like, but he went with his dad, he did the old school of like going to each school's little camps instead of going to these like tryouts or like these like kicking camps, they went to like each individual school. They just went last year for like 10 or 15 days. They started like, uh, forget where they started. I think like in Arkansas and just based on the relationships that we, like I had and Daryl had, it's like, Hey, like it was basically like all my holders in the CFL, they all have like quarterback jobs. You know, like Logan Kilgore was like at Arkansas State. <laughs> Brian Brown was at Purdue. And it was like, hey, I got a kid. Like, and this kid's like, like very talented. Like I, like, I expect him to be like, if not drafted in the NFL, like CFL, no problem. Like he already has like, he's already hitting 65, 70, and he's built like a brick hit house. Like he's been well, pressing like, like, like three. Hey, like, three. like you were too, right? Like I, listen, so... <laughs> I didn't have to but do at 18, much though at 18. Uh, like, you know, fair. Different. But anyways. Hey, but didn't you play when you were in high school? Didn't you play hmm. different positions? I remember you telling yeah. me, <laughs> I remember you telling me on the bus 
Yeah. Uh, you played O-line to start? Yeah, yeah. bro. Listen, I, uh, we had a big, I have we had never a big guard. We, we had a big guard. He was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he was a big boy. And anytime I couldn't handle it, I just had to take half the man. He's like, Liam, just pushing my way as long as we're not running like a 34 dive because I was on the right, on the, I was like a right tackle. I was going to so say, like, were you the tackle or the center? No, the tackle. <laughs> so anytime like I needed help, he's like, just take half this outside body and just push him into me Wait and a, I'll grab on him. Who, who's the coach who has the 6'5 kid and puts you at tackle and him at guard? Hey, our school is like, he was actually named one of the top coach, high school coaches in like Canada. Uh, but you know what? Like I held my own and until I met some really strong guys uh, in some games. But, you know, like, hey, what, what, a, what a transition, eh? O-line oh, and kicker. I, I played linebacker. I played a little linebacker. Because like, we're a small school, like 800 kids, 850, right. you know. So like, you, you know, you have like 30, 40 kids. And like by the time you're in fifth year, you're like – the only time I was off the field is when the other kicker was kicking. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> yeah, that was I, fun, man. Let, like, let me ask you this, uh, yeah. Liam, is that I'm when you're talking about, you know, whether you're you're Mike, Mike's battling when he's recruiting with these like D3 and with these mm. random schools that are coming up and you're talking about kickers that you send down to people that you kind of view as gurus. And yeah. there's whether it's your journey, Brett Maher, Sergio yeah. Castillo dipping his toes in the NFL waters like Ty Long, like there's these guys that have been through the CFL and whether they're Canadian or American, there's a million different ways to get there and you are such a great example of this mm -hmm. and i'm wondering for you if you could suggest one path for a mm -hmm. canadian kicker what's the one path that you would say try to do it this way because i know that you can do it any which way and you've had yeah. the ups and the downs and i can't work here and then i gotta come back and then i'll take a job there and then i'll spring league yeah. and all that like it's all your journey is amazing but if you could try and suggest it from high school forward, what would you aim for a kicker in Canada to head towards? What would you give them as the best possible path if they can complete it? Yeah, I think the best possible path, I think, is the one with like that we kind of created for this guy named Anthony Venary that was telling you that I went to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Because right off the bat, if you're not like because you're in a Canadian school, like it's really difficult for you to be exposed to American schools and with visas and scholarship because now you count as international, right? So it's just like when international kids come to Canada, they're not paying the five, seven grand that we would pay at Western McMaster, right? For mm -hmm. each year of tuition, they're paying 27 grand. So same thing goes to them. It's like, you have to find a school that's going to be, be willing to take you on as international scholarship which is going to be like three, four times uh, right. more as right. everybody else. So that's the hard part about it. The best scenario, like, like if you can like dream of a situation, I think it's coming back for an extra year of high school. I think that gives you the year maturity that I think in the Canadian system we lack because we start football later. I agree. So I agree hundred percent with you. Yeah. And, but it's also like, cause you see Florida and like California, Texas, all these, they're in there they have summer like all year round you know what i mean like mm. their their coldest day is like 10 degrees in in december so like they're able to have these sports and be able to train like i can like i'll go in the winter time in january and train in like california or florida just so i can kick outside for just like a week do you know what i mean so the, they have the opportunity or that fortune up there but if you're a high school kid i think it's coming back for an extra year and if you're if you're financially able is to try to go to high to high school 
in the States for at least one year. Because hmm. there's a lot of private schools and you see a lot of kids doing this now. Um, I know, I don't know if you guys know Curtis Bell. He, uh, he used to play in the CFL um, and he was wide receiver for Toronto Argonauts. And he has like three or four boys and two of them have gone down to the States. One is at Maine now. And the other one uh, like is at one of the top schools. I think it's like Clearwater in uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah. And so like the easiest pathway, which is going to a school in the States in high school, spending at least a year there, but you have to go to like a, a really good high school to get noticed. And then from there, be able to sign on as, um, I don't know if the rules would be different in different states in terms of if you're international or not, but at least you played uh, American football, which is like half the battle. And then going mm-hmm. from there, because once you play American ball and the way the system works, I think it's a lot easier. I know for kickers, it's like if you've played at least two years of NCAA, you're most likely like nine out of 10 times you're going to get drafted in the CFL. No matter yeah. like how right. you're not, like, <laughs> as long as you're like above 50%, you've been drafted, you're going to get drafted. And, which and, 50% is like terrible. This is terrible. the other kind of the extension of that journey as well as yeah. that every year I'm covering the CFL draft on TSN for CFL.ca. And every year there's a couple of random kickers, right? There's guys I've that never heard of. I, I you know, like yeah. JJ Molson was even one for me where I was like, who the yeah. hell? And I was like, UCLA. I'm like, wow, cool logo. And then I'm like, yeah. eh, wait a minute, what's the backstory here? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then for me, I'm always intrigued by the idea we have a nine-team league and you're constantly yeah. looking for the next guy or the yeah. challenger or the one who's going to push the current kicker or, or, or. Mm. But you end up having, whether it's like your Ronnie Peffers, Tyler Carpinha is coming in where it's like, no, Randy Paradise is just going to keep that job and just keep kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking. Yeah. And, kicking. and it's yeah. like, because we're such a small league in Canada, I'm always intrigued by the idea of like, yeah, they'll take you in the sixth, seventh round. But it's like, how do you actually crack into that group when it's such a small opportunity and there's all of these kickers around the league that not all of them, but many of them are planted in that spot. They own those roles. I came in and Winnipeg was the only actual true open spot. And it was between myself and Brett Mahar. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like every year there's max one. Like we have, like you're speaking, uh, Rene Paradis. We have one of our kickers out there, Kieran Burnham, like amazing preseason. Saint Apex kid, yeah. Yeah, killed it. And he's like one of the guys that we've like kind of helped throughout. And but now it's like he's stuck on a PR because of Rene is killing it. He's doing really well. So what are you gonna do? And it's like if you trade him, well, you don't know if Renee's gonna retire next year or if he's gonna play another 10 years. So it's like for those guys, it's like the patience you have to have. Um, and it's, it all comes down to, I'm sure you've heard is how bad do you want it? Mm. Cause there's kids out there. It's like, okay, like there are kids are, and like, not kids, men like are good enough to play. It's just about opportunity and timing. And I can speak about that for an hour, just based on my experiences just in the last two, three years alone. Well, you know yeah. I mean? And you, yeah. man, I remember talking to you and while you're doing this NFL carousel right now, mm-hmm. like. And, and there's articles written about it where it's like, hey, Liram went to Cowboys camp. Hey, Liram went to Washington. Liram yeah. went to Carolina. And he is statistically better yeah. than the other kickers at camp. But for whatever reason, because of all of that extra stuff that you're talking about, it's the group, it's you know signing bonuses, it's draft pick style yeah. or wherever they get them. You're in this weird world of every camp I go to, every workout I go to, I'm doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. But what the heck's going on? Yeah, honestly, like it's you have to 
like be a right place, right time, because there's a lot of like, even it's not just kickers. Like, you know what I mean? Like look at the quarterback's yeah. situation in it's everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in Ottawa, like, uh, Mazzoli was the guy and then obviously unfortunate incident happened. And now it's like, okay, well, Ottawa's gonna be scrambling for a new quarterback. Okay. They, they pick one off of the trade block, but it's like being that second or third guy there. Now like your opportunity to possibly play just happened. And then, like, sometimes it takes an injury. Sometimes it takes, you know, uh, someone missing a kick or missing a play to get your opportunity. And for these kickers, it's like, it's how long you want to kind of be able to, pursue that. And a lot of that comes from obviously your support at home, whether you have a family, kids and all that stuff, because they all have a, a play in your situation. So there is a lot of kids that probably deserve to play CFL, NFL, NCAA, whatever you call it. But it's just honestly, sometimes just come pure, comes down to pure like opportunity and timing. Cause I've been in workouts where um, guys are less than 50% they get signed. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, or um, like I, I can go on all day about that, but I, I think the biggest thing is just being in the right place, right time is like, that's something you can't really control. You know well, I mean? it's, so. it's good to see now because I mean, you're signed back with the Cowboys at this mm-hmm. moment, right? Which is awesome yeah. because you were there before you got picked. Yeah. You can't all that kind of stuff. And yeah. now they, they that know who time. you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they know who you are and that's just, yeah. that's the kicking world, right? Like, Generally, the other positions, mm-hmm. you'll get maybe one or two shots with other teams, but yeah. most of the time they're not going to bring you back. Yeah. But because of the kicking world, you do well, and then mm-hmm. now there are the needs there again. So it's well, yeah. we know Liram's going to do well. It's yeah. one spot will bring you back, right? It's exactly. it's a weird, weird world, man. For the kickers. yeah, and a kicker is one thing too. It's like it's like it's not a uh, a play like a position where you can like a team can develop you it's like very rare that the team will keep you unless you're like a young buck they like drafted you and it's like okay this guy has got big leg big potential which like potential is really not a word that you know gets accepted <laughs> right. around the nfl but it's like you know for kickers you don't need to learn a playbook you need to be able to just kick that ball and then whether you do develop like very rarely will a team keep you around to, to like develop you it's like go home and do it yourself you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you miss a you miss a couple kicks. It doesn't matter how young, yeah. how big of a leg you have. At some point, they're like, "Well, well, that's yeah, what, exactly I'm, what happens." That's what I'm wondering about is like, given your background, it feels like mm-hmm. based on what I've seen from afar, you've been unfairly. And I I'm saying this because I like you, and I might be biased. But <laughs> it, it, there's, I think there's been some moments in your journey where you've been unfairly characterized as well, he's just that guy from blank or he played in blank or it's like, no, when you, I know this for a fact, because I've talked to you about this. When you go to those places, you go to those camps and you outperform those people, regardless of the signing bonuses and the contracts and the draft picks and all of the stuff that makes Mm -hmm. roster building what it is, how razor thin do you feel like on a kick to kick basis in your national football league career, you are margin for error is because that's a hell of a way to live Mm -hmm. professionally to know I'm, I got to make all of these and I got to be spot yeah. on on all of because I get the sense that for you, it's, you got less room to wiggle than a lot of other guys you're around in camps. Yeah. I think for me, it was more or less, that was last year because like the, like the NFL didn't know who I was, you know what I mean? So like, even in the reason I joined the spring league is because I've never played like American rules football, you know, just some of the feedback we had been get it with my agent. And it was just like, Hey, like, I know this league is for free, uh, but like, it might give you the opportunity to get some extra film. There's nothing really going on right now. And it's like, okay, but for me, 
like the way, like, I feel like the CFL for kickers, like this year, it's been a little bit easier, I think, because the hashes are in. But before, when the hashes were out and you're playing in like open size, like football fields, like the way our stadiums, some of our stadiums are built, which is less favorable for kickers, I find the CFL was way harder than NFL. Like, because you, in a lot of the NFL stadium, it's like you're kicking great weather. You might be probably kicking inside. And very rarely, unless you're playing Buffalo or Chicago, you're not really getting a windy, windy game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So for me, I personally thought I would like, I had the edge. And that's why when I went to workouts, I felt like I had the edge because I've been through no matter what, like when I went to try out for Carolina, my, my first year, uh, like my first year, like it was like minus two and then barely ever rain, uh, like rains or snows there. So like for me mentally, I'm like, I've been training in snow for the last month. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 like, so I was like geared. I was ready born in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so to make a long story short, it's like they did, like last year. I think it was my, my thing. My like kryptonite was like we don't know who he is, and it's like we don't know if he has the kickoff leg. That was like another one, and it's like okay, so preseason, bang, kicked all my kickoffs through the end zone. You know what I mean? Made all my extra points, and it's just like knocking down these barriers because that's what mm-hmm. basically they were for me. It's like we don't know this guy. Yeah, he played in the CFL. Yeah, but it's like they don't. I just want to say they, some teams or some scouts are uh, more reluctant to like, be like, okay, put this guy in. Right. So I think me getting a shot with the Cowboys, getting the preseason. Okay. Because I can kick off. Okay. We're good. Like he can make like the kicks he's supposed to make. We're good. And then that gave the confidence to bring them, bring me back in week two, just in case something happens to Zerline. And then he had a really good game. They're like, Hey, listen, it is what it is. Then, COVID happened. Both uh, Brett and myself, we competed for that day. Both really great days. I had the edge over him and I was able to play that game. And now all of a sudden I'm getting a regular season shot. So I felt mm-hmm. like last year was like, uh, you know, I was breaking down those barriers and then that's how I was signing Washington. And then from there, Carolina saw how, what I did in preseason. So they, they're like, okay, this guy can play. And that's why I got the opportunity there. So I think I've knocked a lot of those down. It's it just a matter of, breaking that barrier it's like with anything it's breaking that barrier and showing what you can do because like i know what i'm capable of i've proven it but it's like they need to have the uh confidence that hey what you've done in in cfl can translate to the nfl and well and a lot we, of yeah. what you were doing too is what, what some people don't know is that you're able to use a puck uh so you call it a puck or a kicking tee yeah. right and in the cfl it helps you get uh, for, correct me if i'm wrong but lift on every one of your kicks yeah. But yeah. you, into your last year in Hamilton, you're like, you know what? I can make the NFL. I need yeah. to do this. And you're like, nah, I don't want to use a puck. I'm going to show I can kick off the ground because that's how they do in the NFL. So Liram, for that last season, ditched the puck. And he was yeah. like, no, I'm showing them that I can kick off the ground. And hit and the honestly, winner in Edmonton, right? Because I remember yeah. we talked about that. Yeah, the winner. And then we also, uh, the perfect game, at, uh, perfect season at home. We hit that last field goal for uh, mm-hmm. uh, what, Rob. What's his last name? Number 42. Hitchcock? Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yeah. So we yeah. Had, it was last home season game. We had been 7-0, and 42-yard line, number 42, and we kicked it to oh, win the man. game. So that was like a hey. chill moment. But uh, to go to your point, it's like that was the other thing, too. It's like I'd always kick off the ground during the offseason because I'd go down to these NFL free agent camp just to, hey, make, get a shot maybe or prepare myself for future. And eventually, like – 
I, I made the decision. It's like, I'm going to do this. And I think it helped me a lot at Timorans Field because it's so windy, to be honest, because once that ball gets above those uprights, it's like not controllable. And you'll see it mm-hmm. with Damagala because he has such a strong leg. Like if he if he went off the ground, I feel like he'd, his, uh, he'd improve even more. But it's like a mental switch that you need to do. Like I even had a, a coach, I won't name him, but he had come up to one of our pra- – like we're in training camp and he comes to me and he's just like, Liram put the puck back on. I know why you're doing this. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and like, and like, obviously like, I like, obviously you have a, a goal, like a personal goal, but like, I, I know I was confident enough that I can kick without a tee. Cause I would do it all the time in the off season and then just put the tee back on. But it was just like, for me, it was just taking that risk. Cause it's like, I always wanted to live with the moment of like, I tried Mm-hmm. versus then like the living with like regret i it's, love like, that i love the idea of, like coach comes up and says like hey put it back down i understand what you're trying to do you're like leave me alone coach let me eat i want to make that nfl uh, now, coach. for me I'm it was like the nfl <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but for me it wasn't it wasn't like uh because he's like i know why you're doing it and it's like listen like i but strategically it i feel like it helped me yeah. and the fact that i had luke tasker made me feel a lot more comfortable right Mm-hmm. Because, and Luke also liked, like, he's like, I prefer off the ground more than like the T and like my last year with Luke, cause we were like automatic, like we missed two, he played nine of his eight, 18 games, I think. And I missed like two kicks with him. And then yeah. like, because Dane started, like when you have a quarterback that plays and then Jeremiah had gotten hurt. So my next best holder was Dane. Right. And with Dane, it was like, you know, he just threw a touchdown. He's all hype. And it's like, okay, Hey, Hey, we got to go and kick, you know? So it's the <laughs> hardest thing with like having a starting quarterback and, you know what I mean? And Luke is just like, so experienced thanks to Medlock, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> cause he was so like, Oh yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. But it <laughs> Can helped, you man. tell like, when you're, when you're watching a game, this is something I find interesting from your perspective Yeah, is when you're watching a game, for example, you mentioned the Cote kick that was, that was yeah. missed. Um, there was another one by Beatty, right? That was yeah. just like end of game. You're like, what the hell is that? I can't believe he missed that from so close in. Mm-hmm. The Beatty one, I forget who the holder was. It might have been Haggerty, who was like their international punter, I think, that's in. But okay. And it looked like at first glance it was just a total shank. And then you get the replay and it's like, well, was it on the puck? Was it kind of sideways? Was it in the wrong spot? Was the angle? Yeah. And like, can you tell when you actually just watch a replay, oh, that's on the holder? Or is that a feel yeah, thing that you have to experience? Because from my eye, I see the ball go down, and I'm like, "Hey, man, looks yeah. good to me." But I don't have <laughs> on the, the ground. Speci- yeah, I don't have <laughs> the specificity that you do. So, can you tell when you're watching a live replay of just like quickly, "Hey, that's on the holder." Everybody's gonna blame the kicker for this, but I ain't on him. Hey, I know, and we like that's one thing as a kicker is like you never direct that attention to the holder. You take it like you missed, you missed like, and that's another thing. It's like if you have a T. And if he puts a little bit too much pressure on one side, that he's going to tilt. And there it goes. When you're off the ground, you can at least like, like adjust to it. But when you're on that tee, it's like if the holder puts a little bit too much pressure on one side, because it's like, it's like decently big, right? So like, if you miss by like this corner or this corner, that means like you catching the ball, it's like golf. Imagine catching the ball on the inside versus the outside of your club, right? It can totally mess it up. And, uh, like the holder plays a huge role. And that's like, that's why like Luke Tasker and like some of the holders I've had, it's like, Hey, like I'll buy you, you like, whenever we go away games, I'll buy you dinner, whatever you need. Like, I just need you like 
five minutes before practice, just so we can get locked in before we get going. Cause we don't know if we're going to have some kicks day. And then afterwards, if we can just work like five, 10 minutes, I'm not going to take like time out of your day. And like you, like you really appreciate these guys and the time they put into it because like the guys that like really like dial in, I've had some of the best years, like Logan Kilgore. Like I remember, cause like, that's the, like, if you're a backup quarterback in the CFL, learn how to hold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Logan Kilgore had um what's his name? Oh gosh, in uh the quarterback in um Cody Fajardo. I had him as well. Like I had all these guys that were backup quarterbacks, and it's like, hey, if I can hold for Liram, I'm guaranteed a game check. And then if that quarterback one gets hurt, I'm in the game. So that gave him like an incentive to be like, hey. Like, hey, I'll help you out whenever you need it, but this is also going to help you out further down the road. So, like Logan, my first year in Toronto, he would get catch a hundred snaps every single day after practice. And hundred snaps sitting down on one knee after like a three, four hour practice in training camp is freaking hell, dude. And mm-hmm. he would sit there like, nope, I want to do this. And that was probably that was one of my best years in the CFL. And well, it's such a it's such guys. like a a lose lose position, I want to say for holder, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you when you you hit a big kick, right? Everyone's gonna be yeah. like, man, Liram hit that 55 yarder to win, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. But if you drop a snap, you know, you'll never that'll be like, yeah. oh, it's on the holder. This guy sucks. Get him yeah. out of here. And you know what I mean? It's like a lose lose spot for them. So the holding the snapper, dude, is like it's unbelievable because it's like for them, it's you know, uh, Crawford would always say it's like I've had like one bad. Uh, I've had one bad snap my whole like life and that's the one that gets the most attention. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. you can snap yeah. a thousand great ones, but you, you miss that one for a snapper and it's like, everyone's on your, on your, uh, on your head for it. But to go to your point, like as a kicker, you know, like if it's slowed down, obviously if when you have it from far distance, you can't tell, but when you go up close, you can figure out what, what went wrong. Cause like sometimes it isn't on the kicker and you know, Hey, so what I do want to get from you, because I know this was happening when you were doing the bouncing around between NFL tryouts, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. did all nine CFL teams call you or Uh, I wouldn't say nine because like, you know, there's something like we were talking about earlier. Some of those teams are solidified. So eight, right. Eight. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, teams like I keep in in in, and like in contact with a lot of me to this day, like just to you know, keep the communication there. Cause like eventually, like I'm going to play as long as I can down here, but like, I do love the Canadian game too. And uh, I watch it a lot and cause not just because the guys we know that play in it, but it's honestly like, it's entertaining. And like, mm-hmm. I, I got to figure out illegal ways to watch it when it's not on ESPN down here, you know, and it's like you open one of these apps and it's like, you gotta have like, you get like 30 pop-ups. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, Would like, you send say, my Rogers password. I was gonna uh, say. Is there such thing? Uh, I, I think so. Uh, oh, gotta, would you say Liram that it is inevitable that at some point you play North of the border again, because the way you're talking is like, I want to be here for as long as possible, but at some point, would you say it's fair to say, yeah, you know what, whenever this, this run ends if it does happen to end and i want to keep playing i'm inevitably going to do it in the cfl honestly i love the game and uh even like we're talking about with coach kick earlier i think i just want to be able to help progress it and i think that's part of me being able to be like that guy that hey i i like 
I'm not telling you this is how you do it. I'm showing you and I'm proving it to you at the highest level. So um, my number one thing is like, like I said earlier, it's like my my number one goal with playing the NFL was make sure like I'm going to like I'm going to live this because I want to be able to say that I tried it and I uh, and pursued it to my full potential so I can live with the fact that if I fail at this, I failed at it, but I know at least I tried mm-hmm. versus being like, oh man, I should have like tried the NFL, man, I should have done this or should have done that. So for me, it's more or less like if the time comes, like I want to try and play down here as long as I can. And then, um, you know, whatever the plans are to come up there, if, you know, I still keep intact with them and the, the opportunities are right, then I don't see why not. Like kickers can play until they're like 45. Look at John uh, 100, Ryan. 105. <laughs> Look at John Ryan. Older John. He's like 38, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So maybe pull right, John man. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, dude, I want to say good luck in Dallas this it. year. I can't yeah, wait to you. watch it. Uh, we'll keep in touch. But, yeah, good luck, everybody. Go check out Lirum kick and win a bunch of games for for the Dallas Cowboys. But appreciate you coming on, man. Always do. It's, it's always a good conversation. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.